Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Well, thank you very much. On February 6, 2020, the day after Trump was acquitted of impeachment charges for the first time, he appeared in the White House's East Room for an address that was carried live on national TV. And this is really not a news conference. It's not a speech. It's not anything. It's just it was sort of confusing what exactly it was. There was a lot of talk about hoax, a witch hunt, and then a kind of Oscars-style list of thank yous where he ran through a big list of Republican allies. So I want to, uh, if I could real fast, just introduce a few of the people. I have to start with... Uh, I have to start with Kevin. Man, did you do a job. You started with Kevin McCarthy, talked about Jim Jordan, a bunch of other people. And then... Ron DeSantis is another one. He worked so hard. Ron DeSantis. He's been another great warrior. And he's, by the way, he ran. I endorsed him. His numbers went through the roof. Trump is in many ways responsible for DeSantis's political rise, at least as governor of Florida. And it's something that he doesn't want anybody to forget. The man who we beat, who was expected to win easily, called me after the race. He said, you endorsed him and it was like a nuclear bomb went off. But now, as DeSantis becomes a favorite of the GOP and considers a potential run for president in 2024... He might be flying a little bit too close to the sun. Donald Trump and him are close allies, but Trump might at some point see him as getting his spotlight and starting to take over the Republican Party. And that is a a dangerous position to be in with Donald Trump. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... Trump created DeSantis, and DeSantis is, is growing beyond that initial creation, and that could potentially lead to friction. Matt Dixon on the possibility of a Trump-DeSantis collision course. It's not often that, that governors, not U.S. senators or congressmen, get sort of national reputations, but the Florida governor here has uh, really turned himself into just that. Well, governor Ron DeSantis' stock continues to rise in the Republican Party. There's even speculation of a potential run for the White House in 2024. Um, he was first elected. He's a first-term governor. He was first elected in 2018 after serving three terms in Congress and uh, really sort of rode President Trump's coattails to, to be put on the national radar. He's tough. He's smart. And he loves Florida and he loves our country. And he's going to be your next governor, Ron DeSantis. Trump endorsed him in a primary, a Republican primary that was contested. And Trump Trump backed DeSantis in that. It's a true honor to be standing here endorsed by the president of the United States. And then uh, that put him on the national radar a little bit. And then his hands-off approach to the COVID response was really what sort of made him a, a bit of a budding conservative rock star. Our top story this morning, the governor has issued a sweeping order preventing county and city leaders from enforcing restaurant and bar closures and collecting fines tied to COVID-19 restrictions. Now, under the order, bars and nightclubs will reopen under phase three. And the announcement caught many by surprise. Never any mask mandates in Florida. He did shut down the state, but for a much 
more limited time than a lot of other states. And he sort of became the the, the conservatives governor, the most Trumpiest governor, whatever term you want to use. And, and that's really set him up on, on sort of an ascendant path of the national Republican politics. Yes, popularity has really just soared over the past year to the point where he's a name that I think people know at home way beyond Florida. And you wrote in your story about how he's now one of those names that's tossed around as a GOP hopeful for 2024. And he's at this weird point where DeSantis is kind of almost looking like he's running for president in 2024, but he's also trying to avoid ticking off former President Trump. Explain that to me. Yeah, it's this super odd bit of political math because the former president just won't kind of leave the scene. And in fact, he's starting to do campaign style rallies again. It may be 2021, but former President Trump is talking 2024. He was in Ohio this weekend for his first rally since leaving office. Joe Biden is destroying our nation right before our very own eyes. So all of these folks, these Republicans who are looking at 2024 and, and chiefly Ron DeSantis, who's, who's led a lot of the the 2024 polling of Trump does not run is is sort of how do we, you know, meet donors, build infrastructure, expand our footprint in a Republican party that's still very much Donald Trump's. And if we seem like we're too ascendant and taking the spotlight away from the former president, that leads to some of these guys sort of touching the third rail of, of modern Republican politics. And that's, you know, Donald Trump's scorn. Mm-hmm. You know, he's no longer on Twitter. It used to be, you know, one tweet, he could end someone's political career. He doesn't have that, that avenue anymore, but he's doing rallies again and he has these statements. And if you're uh, someone who who sees yourself as a Republican running for president in 2024, Donald Trump right now is someone you, you can't have angry at you. So how is DeSantis navigating that? You mentioned now is the time to build that base to engage with donors, even though 24 is obviously a while away. What's DeSantis's strategy here? I think there are outward signs that he is eyeing 2024 without question. But to sort of, you know, uh, thread that needle of becoming a national star, not angering Trump is his his team's entire public focus. And even on in background conversations is 2022, 2022, 2022, mm-hmm. which is when the governor will have to run for reelection. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a, a very competitive election. He's seen as because he's become such a, a national presence who can raise a lot of money. He is seen as the prohibitive favorite here to win reelection. But Florida is a, a close statewide state, so there is, you know, always the chance that that upsets can can happen. So right now, his entire focus publicly in the sort of the mantra that that his his team and advisors sort of sort of try to say over and over again is, is re-election, re-election, re-election. We're not looking at twenty twenty four. You know, signs be damned. Let's say Trump backs away and doesn't decide to run again in 2024. There are some other big name potential GOP hopefuls out there. Mike Pompeo, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Ted Cruz, to name a few. What would you say DeSantis's chances are? How does he stack up? I mean, right now, uh, amazingly well, I've, I've seen, you know, 2024 type polling and it's super early and that caveat has to be stated but again as of if we're looking you know talking about a snapshot in time he's leading almost every every other uh potential 2024 that mike pence is the ted cruz is the those sorts that we also hear about 
Um, he's leading almost all of them. Um, he actually just uh, in earlier this month, earlier in June, actually won a straw poll at a large uh, uh, West Coast sort of annual conservative event beating Donald Trump. Hmm. So he he has a star power at this moment in time that other Republican 2024 aspirants just don't have. So in the absence of Trump, I, I think Ron DeSantis at this point is, is sort of wearing the, the front runner title as is, is, is best I can tell. So given that DeSantis's chances, at least if Trump doesn't run, are looking so good, what do you think we should know about DeSantis as a leader? Because you're reporting on Florida politics every day. How would you characterize DeSantis as a leader and how he compares to Trump? Uh, very similar in a, a policy perspective. I, I had someone, I think the quotes in the story, and I thought this was sort of apt that that uh, Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump without the, the tweet aftertaste, essentially. So he, mm. he, he hits the sort, same sort of themes. You know, he owns the libs as, as well as anyone. He goes after the media. Governor, what, what has gone wrong with, Governor, what has gone wrong with the rollout of the vaccine that we've seen phone lines jammed, websites crashed? There's a lot of demand. Also, I mean, I think at the I, end of the I, day, we, excuse finish, me, excuse me. If I could finish my question. You just said what has gone wrong, so I'm answering the question. If I could complete the question, though. So are you going to give a speech or are you going to answer, ask a question? He sort of hits all the themes that, that, that Donald Trump did and, and all the things that sort of, you know, made Donald Trump who he is today from a, from a political standpoint. But he, he is a little more polished, uh, a little more refined, I guess. Uh, the personality is not nearly as big. So stylistically, I think there are differences. But from a substantive standpoint, they're, they're kind of the same person. And, and Ron DeSantis early in pandemic response kind of just followed the White House's playbook. So he was in, in lockstep with the, the Trump administration. Um, it's, it's been, you know, since, especially since the pandemic began, it's it's sort of been, you know, all politics all the time. He does almost daily press conferences around the state that focus on, you know, all of the national themes that, that conservatives talk about. There's mm. we're sending we're sending state law enforcement to the border in Texas. There's a lot of critical race theory. There's some of the the main broad talking points that that are in the, the national conservative ecosystem are largely Governor DeSantis's um, you know, main focus day to day. And again, that said, uh, he's getting high marks for, for the response to the tragedy in, in Surfside, Florida, where the, that condo came down. But outside of, of that, um, the focus has generally been the reddest of red meat sort of political considerations. Matt Dixon, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Also today... A federal court is dismissing antitrust suits by the Federal Trade Commission and state attorneys general seeking to break up Facebook's social networking monopoly, dealing a massive blow to Washington regulators' attempt to rein in Silicon Valley's giants. In a ruling that goes to the heart of the case, a U.S. district judge in Washington, D.C. on Monday said prosecutors didn't offer enough explanation for how they determined that Facebook controls more than 60 percent of the social networking market. And in a separate decision, the court also found that state attorneys general waited too long to bring a suit challenging Facebook's 2012 Instagram purchase and the 2014 acquisition of WhatsApp. Within minutes of the decision, Facebook's stock surged, with the company's market value surpassing a trillion dollars for the first time. 
And President Biden is not planning on going to the Tokyo Olympics this year. During a briefing on Monday, when asked about the invitation from the Japanese government, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president won't be attending, but, quote, we will have a delegation from the United States, as we have historically had, but we will continue to also convey the public health guidelines and guidance that we've been delivering out there about only essential travel. Public health experts have expressed concern over Japan hosting a potential super spreader event starting next month amid low COVID vaccination rates tallied at about 9% of the country, according to the WHO. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and also check out some of our other shows like Politico Energy and the Playbook Daily Briefing. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.